Hey everybody, Neil with the Dastardly Gentleman, and with me, I have Frank. Say hi, Frank. Hey, man, you're really nailing that intro. I mean, if you can just get like a just couple more like BPMs faster, you'd sound like you actually had a pulse. Look, I took it slow <laughs> and steady. Live slow, live slow, die, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And tonight we're going to do an actual podcast. Hooray! Hey, podcast! The internet's going to hate us. Yeah, we're going to talk about sexual harassment. And I think it's a good time to talk about it now because uh, that fad has kind of died. <laughs> the fad. Listen, we had a Sexual huge, harassment has died out. We had a huge explosion of celebrities in the news, you know? I mean, a whole lot of that shit. Mm-hmm. In like what three weeks? Yeah, something like that. And like, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from it and say like, oh, it wasn't uh, a big deal, but we're gonna talk about that anyways because I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about the whole situation, Frank? How do you feel about how it happened? How so many cases were brought up in such a short amount of time, and then now you haven't heard shit lately. Well, I mean, because like there's only like a certain amount of media coverage that they're willing to give something like that, and they started running out of people to completely annihilate. Okay. So, you know, it kind of went away. That being said, today Bill Cosby getting getting upwards of thirty years in prison. I mean, so that's good. I mean, the, the, that is that is a good thing that happened. Oh well, yeah, not, and that's actually a good thing that we can have that we can have from this movement. That we can have as an example because like they call it a movement but it's really not really been a movement it's just sort of been like this like insane witch hunt and i'm not even saying i think this is like the moment where we should have like a little caveat on the uh cool. on the show that like neither of us are like we don't like sexual harassment we're not for sexual harassment but we're also for justice right. and there was a whole lot of not justice happening because there was a lot of the lynch mob mentality where you just have like, I mean, the George Takei thing was like a perfect example because he there was a, a model from the 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 80s or 90s who had virtually no track record. He had money troubles. And then as soon as this Me Too movement started, suddenly he says George Takei molested me whenever I was at his house. And George Takei is like, what? And luckily, that died off very quickly. Yeah. And he, his story was proven to, to be, his story was either like not, <laughs> it was either not important because he was a guy or, well, he wasn't a guy and he wasn't famous. And George Takei has too much internet notoriety, probably. He has too much internet street cred to to be too, no, not really. No, he'd no, destroyed just like everybody else. But I mean, yeah. it, I was glad that that one went away. But then you have people like Jeffrey Rush in uh australia where this tabloid read an article a baseless article and they said well he he got handsy with somebody on the 2015 set of king lear and they the, whenever the uh the police were like well who are your who are your suspects who are the who are the people that uh, came for this no we don't have to give you that uh yeah you do. yeah you do <laughs> i mean this is a criminal investigation yeah you do and then it turns out there was like there was nobody there they had no they had no they just basically made it up but i mean the damage was done and now his acting career is in shambles and he won't leave the house and he's just not eating anymore well yeah i mean you think about the 
the emotional hit you take when somebody comes out and accuses you of something that terrible. And, I mean, you also have to understand, I mean, a lot of these are older gentlemen. And even even you and me, uh, our generation, I mean, we, we grew up where it was okay to be a little touchy-feely. It was okay to speak to women or speak to the person of the opposite sex and be a little bit affectionate without having to worry about uh, losing your job or losing your career. It's like, I, I think that's what happened with this movement and, and that's what bugged me the most about it is like you get all these legit cases of somebody literally getting molested or yeah. you know their careers are being held over their head in exchange for sex. And that's horrible. I mean, especially in like the Hollywood sense, because you've got these powerful producers that that can literally just blacklist you, and you ha- no longer have a career. You better start flipping burgers instead, mm-hmm. unless you give them a handy or something. Uh, yeah. So that's fucked up. But I mean, with any kind of movement, I mean, you you call it. I mean, whether it be sexual harassment, uh, you know, gender favoritism. Um, racism, it doesn't matter. It goes it goes from a... It, this is the life of the movement. It starts with a good cause. It starts with, hey, this is a big problem. Let's bring attention to it. Then it moves to a group of people supporting that cause. And then you hit the peak where where it's it's gaining momentum and and it's starting to there's solutions being made for it laws being passed and people getting arrested this that and the other and then it goes downhill it goes the other way and when i say that i mean the other way like it goes too far mm-hmm. it goes to a point where it's like okay i didn't touch you i didn't say anything to you i maybe smirked at you and now we're in hr you know talking about how i sexually harassed you right. you know so and that- that's that's one of the things about about stuff like this that makes me crazy because then like uh, a trend like this is so catching because people like they they, they latch on to the to the media outlash they should be like oh, they're like I, I can basically I'm, I'm i'm that's me you know that's that's my life you know there's a guy in the copy room like you know he smiles at me and says good morning i mean i i'm, I'm pretty sure he's eye fucking me yeah and, and then next thing you know like you know like you go in for coffee or whatever and you're like good morning and then you're fucking in hr yeah and i'm like the hr hr person's like well i feel like you're being a little bit too forward with the ladies here <laughs> what? okay i mean like that's the point when i like you walk in and like you you need to be the old codger in the office you know like you like you got your coffee and they they look at you and you go, <clears throat> i mean you have to openly i mean that's that's where we're at like you can't be like friendly you have to openly hate <laughs> like you have like like you have to genuinely like embody like the disgust like like a like a even like like any any anyone of the opposite gender like walks in and starts talking to you i mean it only really works for women i mean like because women are the only ones that are really like being able to like get anything out of this then you're like walking in the coffee room and then like woman walks in with you and you don't say hi you don't say you know how's it going you don't like you know smile at her nod at her anything like that you just be like get out of my way nancy <laughs> fucking disgusting i mean you have to just loathe universally which is my nor- my default state anyway so i'm okay <laughs> you know I, I don't think i'll ever be worried about i don't think anyone's gonna be like i'm pretty sure frank was sexually harassing 
he tried to knife me with a paper mache knife he made out of a phone book. I don't think he was talking about anything other than how to hurt me. <laughs> like that's I have a whole a different issue. complaint. That's a, that's a totally different thing. Yes, I did try to push Nancy down the stairs. Come at me, bro. Well, you can't fire me for sexual harassment. You can just fire me trying to I murder a bitch. Who harass anybody? I just tried to have her break her neck on the thirteenth floor. <laughs> but I mean, like, okay, so it, it does go both ways. It usually leans in support of women, and it's really sad too because you've got like a couple guys, uh, like Terry Crews, for example. Mm-hmm. Terry Crews was freaking like built up on with another like dude producer. Yeah, like the Harvey Weinstein thing. Yeah, like he like got up and him, grabbed his junk, and his wife was like right there. And Harry basically wanted to knock this guy's teeth out, but you know, black man punching. Yeah, black man punching a white guy, uh, at his house basically. Um, it's gonna look wee, really bad. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> so he didn't do it, but you know he he's t- told people about it. He's you know, reported it, and you've got you've got people like you know Sylvester Stallone saying, or not really him, just his his agent, saying shit like, you know, this would be better for everybody if you just uh, swept that under the rug, and then we could do Expendables four, because it did so well last time. <laughs> that that's disappointing. See, you know, that's the thing that that's the thing that is the most disappointing about the culture that has brought us to the point of the me too movement. And that's what made it effectively necessary was this good old boys mentality and good old boys mentality is bad. No matter what industry you're in, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's, you know, forced Rangers, it doesn't make any difference having like a, uh, the, you know, well, I mean, you know, he's been here a while. He can, you know, he can, he can, you know, you know, I mean, no, he can't. He can't do that. I don't care if how fucking long he's been here. It's wrong. Right. I mean, like, what's wrong is wrong. I mean, like, look, here, these are our guidelines. This is the one he broke. So punishment. The end. I mean, it's really not complicated. I mean, like, it, it, your tenure has you shouldn't have anything to do with, especially the severity of of offenses. Like, you know, you grab, you know, Terry Crews's nutsack. I mean, like, in front of his wife and her a whole room full of people, and then was basically like, you know, hey, you want a job? You gotta. You know, you gotta know that this is the rule. Don't touch other people in their no-no square. <laughs> and you like, I mean, that's like at the top. I mean, like it's just below. Don't kill your secretary. <laughs> I mean, like you know, it's it, that. That's where we're at. And you broke. That's rule number two. And you broke it. I mean, right. bye. Yeah, you gotta go. I mean, that's inappropriate. Bye. I don't give a shit how much money you make. I don't care how many movies you made. You're you're a fucking pig at that point. You gotta go. And, and that's an excellent response. I mean, like, you need, we need to have this level of, you know, well, okay, so I mean, so now you're saying that you, you had sex with all of these people that were in your, if effectively your sphere of, of influence under the umbrella of your care. Well, well, yeah. Okay, you're fired. Because, I mean, okay, let's just say, like, let's just, let's, okay, no, let's just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm a semi devil's advocate. Okay. And I'm gonna say, Let's just say Harvey Weinstein was was telling the truth, and and none of it was unconsensual. Okay, let's just go with that. It was none of it was unconsensual? You still have like a guy at the very very tippy top 
bangs everything hot that comes underneath of his, you know, what is he especially effectively supposed to be a, a safe area for them to be able to learn and grow their craft and make money and that they shouldn't have to feel victimized every time they walk in the door, yeah. you know, and, and then he, he takes advantage of that. And let's just say he didn't take advantage of them in a victim way. He just straight up had sex with all of these people. Game career. When, when was the last time that you worked in a job whenever they were like, we don't care if you're all fucking. I mean, like in, in, in every position, every job I have ever been in, they're like, you know, if you if you have if you have relationships with other people in this office and we find out you're fired. There's a lot of jobs like that. True. So, I mean, like, I, I, that's why I'm like, you know, if you if I mean, the the weirdness that would come in with that, the, like you have one person who is effectively floated from like person to person, just like, you know, knocking their boots off, like every time they walk in the door that would be awkward yeah especially if there's uh you know troubles (laughs) in in the relationship itself. uh it really honestly honestly it really depends like a lot of jobs i've i've been to um you can't have sex with your subordinates or superiors period period right i mean you could do whatever you want with your equals (laughs) yeah if you're like on the same playing field i mean like if it's open see every job i've been in they're like if we find out you're in a relationship you're both fired (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh. and that's that's not something that I mean they can enforce it in a right right to work state or whatever but <laughs> I was in Arizona yeah it's very right to work <laughs> so Arizona is definitely on that list um but I mean like a lot of people start relationships and lead to marriage and kids from somebody they met at work sure a lot it's a so. I mean, you can't spend that much time in a sing, in a, in a conf, effectively a confined space with that many people in a social setting and not have that possibility. Right. See, so, you know, for me, I'm ultra I'm ultra antisocial and nobody likes me, so it was pretty easy. But you do work with your wife. <laughs> I do now. Yeah, it's a totally different, totally different scenario. And because uh, you were married beforehand, that's true. I, I mean, was already married. See, that's the gray area. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Nepotism ain't got shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I think that the movement started from like a really genuine and wonderful place because then we saw the most effective uh, use of it with the Harry Weinstein, you know, removing him from power. You know, like, boom, done, gone. And then, you know, Kevin Spacey followed. And then like you hear all the horror stories from him that are corroborated by multiple sources that, that share the same information. Share the same information. You're like, oh, shit. Boom, gone. Okay, good. Fine. Fuck him. Well, okay. Maybe maybe I could have picked a better idiom, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> so then, you know, but then you start having people that are just like, you know, bro, I want to be famous. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I had sex with Jeffrey Rush. What? What? I know he's like a thousand years old. Come at me. And you're like, but did you? I mean, now you ruin his career. You know, I mean, was it worth it? To ruin one person for like 30 seconds of people literally thinking that you're the worst person on the planet. Right. Like, this isn't the first time that shit's happened, though. No, but I mean, this is, we're like, we're so balls deep in the um, the PC culture at this point that it's, it, it all it takes is like a little tiny spark of, of literally anything to set people off on this, the SJW rampage. And it's, it's so it could be anything so minor. It could be shit that they actually did wrong. And then they still go into an SJW frenzy. Right. 
and it blows my mind. So I mean, like this is just another one of those you know spark in the spark into the underbrush to set like the whole fucking forest on fire. You want especially the SJW thing. One of the things that gets me the most about the SJW thing how obnoxious they typically are. Which sucks because I mean you and me, and I'm not trying to toot our own horns. We're we're uh, we're pretty mellow, you know, and we have I think some very well thought out arguments on mm-hmm. situations such as this. We're not screaming at the top of our fucking lungs. We're not yeah. going bat shit, but we're also not getting a ton of views either. <laughs> so yeah, do I we mean, have like, to? I mean, no. <laughs> no, we're not gonna. I'm do not. That. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I feel because like my. I think about like the SJW is that it it's just it's just gone completely mental at this point, and that you have groups out there that will never be satisfied no matter what. And I found and I, I watched a very interesting article about a um uh, a sociopolitical professor where he was discussing uh, social justice warriors, and he he was trying ineffectively to understand what social justice is because he says justice is done on a one to one. Right. Justice is the individual. There, there is nothing for social justice because there is nothing to judge a social construct. So there is no possibility of social justice because what, what works for one doesn't work for everyone. So that would be like, you know, if I if I set an orphanage on fire and locked the doors and burned everyone alive, then my entire community goes on trial for murder. It, it's just it doesn't work that way. You know, you can't have you can't judge a whole group or a whole ideology based on the actions of one that's right. not justice that's persecution yeah and and i'm like i'm like i just wish that we could just not social justice i mean like i wish people were capable at this point of critical thinking beyond uh the the context of the bag that they're in but it seems that we're incapable well yeah i mean it's i don't even want to say it's human nature i think it's just the it's the, not the i mean innate, it's, it's the innate fear that we cause on each other like especially with the media but like you look at just like the example you gave like okay let's let's analyze the guy that did it uh he's white he's in his 30s oh what what kind of music did he listen to like they're trying to find a pattern and they do they, they do find these specific things and they relate every other person that has those similarities to a damn you know terrorist basically like yeah same thing with racism like one you know one person of a different race does something bad they're like oh well that explains some things you know it's like yeah, yeah. come on yeah i mean it's, it's again that goes back to i mean like that goes back to the judging of an entire society based on the actions of an individual and it's supposed to be the opposite right. the society is supposed to be it's supposed to perform justice on the individual based on the social contracts the so the social yeah, the social construct and contract. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for subscribing again, Ryan. For, uh, that's been dictated by the society. I mean, that's like, I mean, look, I know none of you are probably going to do it, but if you read John Locke and Hobbes, you you will learn a lot about the social contract. And that's what that's what the majority of we have in Western society. It's one of the things that, that we're our, our culture is predicated on, the idea that I'm going to do me, and you do you, and I'm not going to mess with me, and I'm not, or you're not going to mess with me, and I'm not going to mess with you. 
thusly is the social contract born. And then we have an understanding that we will have laws in place and you will not break those laws. Otherwise we will have a mutually understood law enforcement to enforce the punishment and enforcement of those laws. That is a social contract. So just don't do it. You know, I mean, like, yeah, you're free. You're free to do whatever you want to, as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of others, because then you're infringing on the social contract. Sure. And, and it's like, it's like, it's really not that fucking complicated. It's and not. it makes me crazy whenever, you know, people are like, well, we have, you know, we, we have the right to determine what this person says. No, you don't. <laughs> I mean, did, uh, but it's like one of those, but did you die though? You know, I mean, like, cause I mean, and it's funny how if you really think about that phrase and you apply it to any kind of social tension or some, something that somebody said and something that somebody found offensive, if you think about just that one phrase, it puts everything into perspective. Yeah, it's all on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like, you know, like someone someone calls you like a dirty name or like they use like a racial slur and you're like, oh, yeah, oh. Oh my lord! Oh my Jesus! Oh, hand me my oh, hand me my pills! I'm gonna die. I mean, you know, so somebody called you a filthy name, but did you die? You know, I mean, like, did somebody die? Did someone scream out some horrible racial slur in the middle of the street? Are they an asshole? Sure. Do you have to like them? No. Are they an idiot? Probably. But did anybody actually? Did anyone actually die? Get maimed? Injured? Run over by a car? Have their car just implode? Or did a star, or did a star just wink out? You know, <laughs> none of these things happen. So, what? What do you? I, are you going to be the thought police now? Right. Thought police. They're always chasing our mind. You know. I mean, it, absolutely. That's, that's what that's what we're getting to. Because I mean, and the shit started in the in the sixties and seventies, where like we started having like mass, massive socialism waves in this country where, where we went from and here's the thing i don't think that all like socialism co concepts or ideologies are necessarily bad some of them are really good because i mean like before it was like you know the woman stays at home and you beat the shit out of her she doesn't do what she's supposed to that's bad that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that would be a negative so i mean like whenever we went in the opposite direction we started giving like you know uh, people rights and the the blanket of of liberalism started to cover everyone regardless of gender or nationality or creed good now but then we went bonkers bananas with it and we're like well we're gonna put some programs in place because we feel like stuff's racist and in doing it we're actually going to be racist so because we're implying that people of a different not white color are incapable of thought and they're incapable of taking care of themselves and now it's mean like we are being mean now, right? And that goes, <laughs> and it's like you're, you're. See, but now we don't need it anymore. No, that goes back to what I was saying before. That's where you pass the peak, and you're yeah. now into you've gone too far. <laughs> Did you see this thing with Starbucks, where like um, the reparation coffee thing that they had online? No, I didn't. So tell those, me about those, it. those two guys, those two guys get arrested in New York for breaking the law. Okay. okay? Okay, so they break the law. Call the cops. Cops take them out. First, explain that more. Was... Not everybody heard that, so explain that story. Oh, okay, so basically, what happens is these these two guys go into a Starbucks and they don't want to buy anything, but they want to be in Starbucks, and they're like they they start using the restroom and they're they're just in there and they're I guess like they were being not really obnoxious, but they were in a corner taking up space. They're loitering. So, yeah, the manager's like, "Are you gonna buy anything?" And they said, "No, we refuse to buy anything." 
So she's like, okay, can you, can you go then? <laughs> right. And they, and they said, no, they refused to leave. So then, you know, they called the cops because trespassing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's, I mean, that, this is, this is a, this is a no brainer. They, they were trespassing. And then they started filming it when the cops got there. And then the friend of the guy of the two guys is, that, that showed up finally is all like, they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. Like, no, actually, there's a whole bunch of people that said that they were trespassing because they weren't buying anything. They weren't being customers. Right. They I mean, were Starbucks is still a business. They were living there rent free. <laughs> right. And so so they get kicked out. No charges filed. Starbucks didn't want to have them arrest, didn't want them, didn't want to file charges because it's stupid. They just wanted them gone. They wanted them not occupying space for people who were actually going to give them money because right. you know, that's kind of what they're there for. Yeah. For whatever reason, Starbucks decided to capitulate and they actually like the CEO flew out to meet with the guys and they they he apologized face to face with them, which just blows my mind. And then uh they're like, Well, you know, it's because it's because the store manager was being racist. And I'm like, no, that could have been literally anyone. Right. And they and these two guys were bemoaning about implicit racism. And then they started doing the the normal the normal SJW crap about um, uh, systemic racism. Mm -hmm. So it's just, oh, my God. And so then you have these. You have effectively made this company so gun so racially gun shy, it, it becomes comical. So a guy on Twitter uh, who is just an amazingly funny troll. I cannot remember his name for life of me. I, I watched a video of it, but he he's black and he goes into a Starbucks and he he's like and he's videotaping it. And he's he tells the lady behind the counter, oh, I came in here to get my my free coffee because I heard y'all's y'all's racist. I want my reparations coffee because Starbucks hates blacks. And they're like, well, well, I mean, we, you know, we, we definitely don't hear. And they're like, well, I mean, what kind of coffee? Like, I want my I want my reparations coffee because y'all y'all hate black folk. And, and so they give him free fucking coffee and he walks out of the, the, the Starbucks and he's like, he's like, all right, everybody, look, I went out and I got myself some free reparations coffee. If you're black, you go down to Starbucks, they'll give it to you for free because you're black. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> like, and I'm like, that, oh my that God. Is so telling of where we are right now. Yeah. And, I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine being like an Asian kid? You walk in there and be like, I heard that you don't like Asian folks. They'd be like, get the fuck out of this store right it doesn't work and it's it's not i mean that is that by itself is not fair no it's and it, as we're saying we're not just picking on any one specific group at this point i mean literally like we said before the whole sexual harassment movement um it just empowers you to be unfair I, i'm i am picking on i am picking on the concept of of social injustice right uh, I am I am picking on the the idea that an entire group of people is laudable for the actions of a of a very small group, and that that is that is anathema to what the United States has always stood for as a as a society. That's what the West it's has, I mean that's against what the West has stood for for like the last 150 fucking years. Right. So continue. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. That's fine. No, I mean, it's just like, it, okay, so you get past the point where you're, you've gone too far, and these people that have, you know, they just take advantage of it. What they do, it's stupid. You get what, you get to the point where, okay, things are heard, things are starting to be fair now. And then you're like, what else can I get out of this? Right. What's, what more can I get from you, since I have the upper hand now? And it's not okay. I mean, there's real people out there suffering racism, suffering sexual harassment on a daily basis. 
Right. And you're sitting Actual here. Actual cases of racism and sexual harassment that yeah. need to be combated at every turn. But that is on the individual. It's not on the group. So, I mean, right. like, again, this this isn't how you do it. <laughs> no, you, 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 and I think that might have been what possibly happened to the sexual harassment Me Too movement is that it got ridiculous really fast. And then people just stopped listening. Right. I mean, I mean it, bur- it burns itself out. I mean, it burns itself out on its own oxygen because, I mean, like you get a movement that's actually being very effective yeah. at rooting out problems. And then all of a sudden it fizzles out because it just consumes all the fuel. And then you, what you end up do, what they ended up doing is that they accuse so many people so fast and a vast majority of them were innocent and they're proven to be innocent that the movement just sort of like. Yeah. I mean, it's not that it's over. I mean, like, it's not because, like, CNN still brings that shit up all the time. But it, it's lost almost all of its potency because they're like, well, you know, he touched my dinglehopper. <laughs> and then, you know, everyone's like, okay. Well, I mean, there's, again, a, go ahead. there's a really good example of this. And this happened probably a few months ago with Aziz Ansari. He's a comedian. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great example. Yeah, so... You know, he goes out on a date with this chick, and I think it was a fan from one of his shows or whatever, and, you know, it's a poor date. He's apparently not the gentleman he is on TV. Um, <laughs> and he, I mean, he doesn't do anything unconsensual. He says, hey, would it be okay if you suck my dick? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she yeah. starts like this. But I didn't like it, though. And, and so, so therefore, he raped her. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I didn't like it. It was a crummy date and all this shit. And it's like, dude, you had a shitty date. It's not doesn't make him a rapist. Like, you're trying to ruin his fucking career based on the fact that you're salty that he wasn't the guy you thought he was gonna be. And he, he wasn't. Didn't fight a, back. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, like, he wasn't a villain. He just wasn't good and bad. He wasn't like, a, you know, a schmoozer. Like he he acts like he is on TV. Right, and, because and, he has a whole team of wizards that write that shit for him. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, it's really easy whenever you have all the Muppet movie, all the Muppet movie magic on the planet to make you look like James Bond. When in reality, you're fucking, you know, you're fucking Blofeld. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you're fat, you have a cat obsession, and you really like money. So I mean, like, <laughs> not everybody is the same. So and, and I just it makes that that whole story was in. I read it like I read the whole thing, and I'm like, all of this makes me angry. The only <laughs> redeeming factor to that story is that at the end, and this pretty much just squashed it out, uh, one of the news anchors, uh, female, she was um, a big part of the Me Too movement. She was like a spearhead for it. And she came out against that woman and said, hey, look, we're trying to do something here. We're trying to snuff out this kind of bullshit, and you're just sitting here making a mockery of it. You're ruining what we're trying to do. People are going to stop taking it seriously because of bullshit like this. Yep. So, but I mean, shortly after that, it did fizzle out because nobody's, I mean, people are still listening. I mean, if, you know, somebody comes out tomorrow eh, that's super famous, that's been, you know, accused, it's going to be all over the news. But I don't know. I mean, is it? Maybe? I think, I think it. I would like to think, I know it's not, because I, I think human nature defies that this is ever a reality. I would like to think that we're getting to the point in this country where there is so much media witch hunt, like witch huntery, I guess, that we're just, we're just done. We're just done with it. You know, because I mean, like you have, 
you know, oh, Aziz Ansari raped this girl. And then everyone was immediately to their to their Twitter feed. I can't believe this. He's a terrible rapist. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they're you know, calling for him to be fired, calling for his shows to be canceled. I mean, he probably hasn't even come out of like he hasn't even woken up yet <laughs> from like this this shitty day pie being like, you know, it was all right, I guess. I mean, like, you know, I've had blown for better. But, <laughs> and then he wakes up, goes and like take a shit, looks at his Twitter feed and it's exploding. Right. Like people calling him a racist, calling him a, uh, a rapist. And like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? I mean, like, can you even imagine? Like your career is predicated on like people liking you. And right. then all of a sudden they turn around and like they turn into like the most vile hate mob on the planet without anything other than just some lady saying that this happened with with zero zero evidence no no uh no police follow-up no no feedback from you i mean nothing it, it was a hundred percent witch hunt like from start to finish i mean like the only thing that we're missing at the end is is a good old-fashioned like burning at the stake basically uh, and that, it's identical i mean like it is the exact same thing and, I, and like i said i'd like to think that we're getting to the point in this nation where we're so burnt out on on media witch hunts that maybe we're not going to be doing them anymore no but then i realize who the el presidente is and i'm like eh, probably not okay so listen to this all right so <laughs> okay so um as far as that's concerned that's i don't think that's ever going to stop unfortunately no, um, until he until the last human breathes its last breath, that will never stop. The last human will probably look at an antelope and be like, "I bet you're fucking that giraffe," and then die. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, I think I've I read this yesterday, and this is another example of this. And I'm not like I said, I'm not going to pick on anybody, but it's really like prominent with the racism part, you know, and it's still fiery even today. And to be real, um, there is a lot of racial injustice out there still to this day. A whole fuck ton of it. But I think we're we're not even like I think they we've gotten to the point where like oh yeah we can't change that but we can get our free Starbucks you know shit like that like they 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 think it's a victory here you know instead of getting a victory over there where it matters more. But so story came out yesterday. Kanye West. Came out and said he supports. I just check out. He supports Trump. He is a avid Trump follower. He has MAGA hats, <laughs> and most I I'd say about seventy five percent of his fans turned on one once once they read that tweet from him. Well, yeah. Okay. You know what? Everyone. I'm not gonna say anything. No. Here, here's the thing. This isn't a racism thing. This is a hypocrisy thing. Right. Because first of all, Kanye came out against George Bush that he doesn't like white people during the hurricane <laughs> know, thing. That. Second of all, most of Kanye's songs are about social equality and how, you know, the African American race is not being properly represented in this country. But now he's cool with a guy that is a huge racist. So I understand why his fans are pissed. But now it's like the other way. They're like, they want his head on a stick. They mm -hmm. want him dead. How dare you make me think you were one way and then you turn the, turn the other way. <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, like, is Kanye West even any good at what he does? Um, he's considered one of the best, unfortunately, because I don't... I don't... 
It's not bad. I mean, okay. Here's my second question: What does he actually do? He raps. Oh, he's a rapper. Okay, yeah, I, I had no idea. I, I, I hear his name all the time. But I literally have no idea what he does. I mean, I'm like, I didn't know if like he was a producer, if he sold shoes, or I don't know. He's a famous haberdasher. I have no idea. He does a little bit of everything now, but he started out as a rapper. He's a rapper now. Okay. He is. He's professionally the husband of Kim Kardashian. <laughs> well, that's a full time job. Which. She doesn't do anything either. She just exists. Right. I mean, her her dad was famous, and now she's famous. Question mark. Yeah, there was a sex tape, something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's still putting out albums. I mean, they're not fantastic, but I don't know. I mean, he's got a very strong following. It, but once he did that, he pissed off a lot of fans. See, here's my thing. So. Who cares? You know, I mean, not like, not, not, not about like what you're saying. I'm saying right. like, you know, like, like fan, fan base wise. So, you know, let me, let me point, point to point. Uh, I like Ted Nugent. I like Ted Nugent's music. Uh, I think Ted Nugent himself is just fucking retarded. Gosh. I mean, I think he is absolutely like the epitome of hee haw ignorance. And I, and I cannot stand to listen to the man speak, but his music's still good. I mean, I'll still listen to Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah. You know, so I mean, like, so I guess to me, so his fans turned on like, I mean, like if, if someone that I like comes out, I mean, like, let's just, for, for example, I dislike Stephen King's politics. I think that politically he's ignorant, but I love his books and sure. I will buy all his books and I will listen to his books. But I mean, I'm, I don't give a crap about his politics. Why can't we differentiate? So like Kanye West comes up, like, I like Donald Trump. Okay. What's your next album? Well, okay. So how about this? <laughs> In Kanye West's songs, are messages, are lyrics written specifically trying to support the poor black man, basically. Poor black uh-huh. person. Sure. So he should have voted Democrat. He should have. So he's... he's he, His fan base feels like they've been lied to with his lyrics because he's spreading the message through his songs of this thing, and then in real life he's a whole different thing. I mean, he's an actor at that point. Yeah, sure. I mean, but here's the thing. I jerk off to porn. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and it's practically the same thing. The only difference is, is that one of them's physical, one of them's, one of them's mental masturbation. So, I mean, like, just because the guy who rides around in $700,000 cars and wears $9,000 suits is telling you about how hard it is to be a poor black man, I mean, he's obviously not qualified to tell you what it is to be like a poor black man anymore. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's like, it's, it's one thing to be like, you know, to, you know, where you have other artists who can tell you about their struggle and to, for, for notoriety and like where they came from, because they still basically live that same lifestyle. Kanye West is not one of those. He's like a high profile, like, you know, uh, cribs guy, right. You know, where like he, he, he's all about like the, the, the money and how rich he is and, and flaunting that wealth. I mean, to me, that immediately disqualifies you from being able to have any kind of input on what it is like to be a poor black person or being a poor fucking anything. I mean, like you couldn't oh, yeah. even be a poor antelope at this point. If you use your brain and actually see it for face value instead of like, you know, oh man, I can relate to this. But you look at that, okay. And you might even see it as him telling a story through his lyrics. Okay. You look at a rapper like, um, what's his name? Tupac Shaker? No, no, he was. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Uh, hold on, I gotta get this right. Okay, what do you think about? It? I want to. I want to like, talk Go about ahead. what Ryan said. Uh, he says 
it's okay to like uh, that's why it's important to separate the art from the artist it's okay to like one not the other and that's 100 true like you know per perfect example um i i love van gogh's artwork and he was legitimately crazy and i fucking hated like almost everything that he ever wrote or said or thought but his artwork is fantastic <laughs> so you need to be able to separate everything again I like Ted Nugent's music. I think Ted Nugent himself is is fucking an idiot. <laughs> okay, so I hear you, and this I'm I'm actually playing both sides of this argument here because I I kind of feel both ways on it. Um, Akon was the rapper's name. Akon is a rapper. His first album was called uh, Locked Up, or maybe that was his first big song or whatever. He was rapping about how he's a criminal and how he. Had a rough time in prison. Sure. None of that ever happened. He's come out and <laughs> said, "I'm not. I've never been arrested. <laughs> I've never. I'm. I got a clean record. But I rap about this stuff because it interests me, and I want to tell stories about it." Is basically what he says. So, that being said, there are rappers that do just fucking tell stories. They're sure, not. But... They're not straight up thugs or whatever like that. They. That's. I mean, Dr. Dre, he's the same way. I mean, I think the worst he ever got was uh, an assault charge on E. Barnes or whatever. I don't know. It was a, that's it. I mean, he, he was never like a gangbanger. He was never in the drug game or anything like that, but he rapped about it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, like, you know, the, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It, it blows my mind that, like, we need to have people that, like, they have actually had to live the things that they're like like that's what makes them qualified in order to speak on it right because I mean, if we really did that we would literally have no movies we mm. would have no fucking video games for sure i mean our songs would be boring because everyone would talk about the same thing because we've all practically you know as a general rule lived most of the things the same way more or less you know sure. and some I mean, some things are different but most most things are going to be the same because then it's like okay so it, it, by by that train of thought being able to only rap about things that are will be only be able to write about or, or discuss things that, that you have actually lived. Like, you know, Acorn never went to prison. So um, he, so he's not, so then he's like, that makes him apparently like incapable of discussing what it's like to be in prison. Okay. So then the guy who wrote fucking Rambo didn't go to Vietnam. Does that mean that he can't write about somebody who has PTSD coming home from, from fucking Vietnam, even though he never did it. I mean, look, does that mean that George Lucas is incapable of writing Star Wars because he has never actually been to a galaxy far, far away? He has never actually hit light speed, and he doesn't really fully conceptualize the Force. I get what you're saying. I, I get it. Yeah, because I, I mean, like, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, so it's like I, mean, I know, like, people are saying, like, write what you know, and that's fine. But I mean, like, look, whenever you're, whenever, like, you, as you know, as a, as a, uh, I guess, like, a black inner city person, like, you, you're, whenever your culture is predicated on the idea of of being of of oppression. And, you know, it, even if it, even if it's just like a mental oppression and the idea of like the ultimate goal is to be incarcerated in some fashion, it doesn't really take that much to foe it, you know, to pretend. Right. I mean, like to, to write a story, you know, I mean, like, fuck, Stephen King's never been in jail. He wrote about the goddamn Shawshank Redemption. Right. You know, I mean, like it's called imagination, people. I mean, you don't have to live the shit in order to be in the shit. Agreed. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. Um, okay, so what if you've got somebody writing, advocating, rapping, or singing, or making movies about, advocating for a certain message? 
and it turns out they're full of shit. Uh, they're they're complete fraud. Um, but the content was good. Uh, let's say for somebody. Okay, let's just let's just use Ted Nugent. Okay, his music okay. is good. Okay, okay I like his music. Real talk. His his music is about everything stuff that everybody likes. Except for like there was show. that one song about yeah, raping that's... a teenager. I mean. Uh, I guess like, I don't know what that one is. I don't listen. I mean, I literally listen to ones that come on classic radio. Like I love right. Crash, Crash Fever, and I think that's that's it. No, he's got a couple. <laughs> like he, he there's a, okay. There's this one song. Ted Nugent's song. This is sidebar. Ted Nugent's song. Literally talking about raping a 14 year old girl. Okay, now that's definitely bad. <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. I, I mean, mean it, that's definitely a song where it's like, well, you should just not buy that album. And you should vote with your wallet. Well, yeah, and that that was what my follow up question was going to be. Okay, so you've got this guy. He makes mm-hmm. pretty good music. Mm-hmm. That specific song sucks, so don't buy that album. Okay, but he makes pretty sure. good music. But he's a total douchebag, and he's in the news all the time, spreading this stupid, hateful message. Should I continue supporting him as an artist by giving him money so they could still spread his bullshit message? So that's up to you. I mean, like that—that's that's literally up to your moral compass. Now, even if like. Say, say for example, like this album that Ted Nugent had, talks about, because we'll, we'll keep using the Ted Nugent example, because at this point he's universally decried as being an asshole. So right. let's just go for it. Uh, let's say like that album is out. And on that album is not only the message about raping a 14 year old girl, but also about like, you know, I don't know. Uh, he wants to re-implement segregation and he wants to, let's see, what are the, what are the other Ted Nugent-y things? Uh, he feels that we should just gun down children. Okay, so let's just, <laughs> let's just go with that. Sure. Now, we... So on this in that album, he has decided to advocate for this message to don't buy that album, or you can choose to just not buy or participate in anything of which that he is a part of. This is, goes back to you know voting with your wallet. Now, how how outraged are you? Now, do you take the streets and throw rocks at him? No, obviously not. But I mean, like, but at this point in our culture, that is actually a valid concern for people. Sure. Because I mean, going to the streets and throwing, you know, having your Antifa flag and throwing rocks at people is like, you know, it seems to be kind of like something that somebody would really want you to do and actually advocate for. Now, now what you should really do is just simply remove this person's ability to have a platform. Don't buy their stuff. If you if you have like if, let's just say Kanye West for example the people that predominantly enjoyed his music let's just go with seventy percent so the way that he lives his lifestyle is extravagant beyond measure so then if you have seventy percent of the people hate him now because he's a Trump supporter and they feel like that they've been uh, alienated or lied to by what he has done as far as his you know his tweeting spree or, or whatever they can choose to no longer purchase his material. So they choose to no longer purchase his material, and then the well dries up. Kanye West either like he folds in and apologizes, which would prove that he's a huge bitch, and they should continue to not purchase his shit, or he disappears because he can no longer afford to be visible. Right. So I mean, that's how you defeat a social, uh, a social enemy in, in the context of a media in a media sense. So let's say like you know like if if people truly hated cnn like to the extent that they supposedly do if everyone decided not to watch cnn just cut it up yeah whatever watch watch fox and friends and you know burn a flag or whatever so watch fox and friends or or whatever anything turn your tv off god help you just turn your tv off and nobody watched it the the news the cable news network would just collapse because there's nobody watching they're not making any more revenue same thing with kanye i mean you, you remove his ability to speak by not listening and that's just that's a that's a consumer advocation that they that you as as an individual need to make that decision, right? 
That is a very good point. I appreciate. Oh, thanks. I felt I felt like that was a little bit pat on the head, but okay. No, I mean I agree. I agree. Um, I had a you know that's my my thought on it was why is he still making money, <laughs> you know? And then you answered it perfectly. I mean I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. It makes me crazy whenever you have you have let's just say like you know if if I don't know if his his particular um, brand of crazy is is that severe, but you know, you have people like Kanye for example that they they make these awful messages or they really upset everybody and they and they do these terrible things and yet and yet you know he makes a new album and everyone buys it, and the same people who bought the damn thing are sitting there being pissed off about this the you know his behavior. I mean like you can you can differentiate between the two be like, man, he's a real douchebag, but his music's real good. But I mean, like, you can't be like, I wish he would disappear and then purchase his shit. Right. You know, I mean, that's like, if you really don't want him around anymore, just don't just, you know, you know, um, do you ever watch, do you ever watch the miniseries for Merlin? Yes. I was thinking the exact same thing. Just yeah, turn away. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just turn around and walk away from it. I mean, like, and then it will literally cease to exist as a thing. That's an amazing so, series, by the way. It was a very good series. Sam Neill really killed it as Merlin. Uh, 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 god damn it, what's his name? Uh, the little guy, Dinkles. No, his actual name, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> it wasn't Peter Dinklage, god damn it. Okay, you, well, that, that was, I'll, I'll remember it a little bit. Hey, you talk, I know. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, oh my god, now, now I'm like, I'm like cast into a sea, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about now. Here, I'll give you a topic. Kim Jong Un crosses into South Korea, like by himself or with an army. <laughs> I mean, like on purpose. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I figured it'd be on purpose. I didn't think that. I mean, see now, our president is the kind of guy who would cross into a country on accident. That's true. No, he he's actually <laughs> wanting to speak about peace. You know, I I I was talking to my dad about this uh, the other day, and I don't want to give it to him, but I also I also feel like I can't not give it to him. But I'm I can't help but feel like it's a I mean I know it's a combination of multiple national powers and the the sanctions finally really finally finally taking their toll. Mm -hmm. So you know, thanks Obama. Not sarcastic this time. Um, but I really think I really think that Trump sealed the deal for this, and I hate to think that way because I don't want to give him any credit. But I feel like he did, though, because he kind of outcrazied him. <laughs> You're not wrong. And, and that's when when that's what it took was to take someone unhinged and then put them against someone more unhinged. That's that's not good. I mean, we, where are we at now? Whenever Kim Jong Un says, you know, because they've got like 12, 13 nukes, they don't have much. I mean, there's still 12, 13 fucking nuclear weapons. All right? That's enough I mean, to not, level half the planet. That, okay. <laughs> it's not half the planet. Yeah, like, so, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's enough to like wipe, wipe out a substantial portion of the U.S. Because they're not, they're not very good ones, even if they were. But they're still fucking nukes. I mean, like, let's be real. A not good nuke is still a fucking nuke. So, but, but then we have um, the THAAD system on the, the western seaboard. So right. I mean, like it can shoot, it can track and destroy up to seventy-five nukes in the air with with one hundred percent accuracy. So there is literally no fucking way that he's going to get a nuke over here, but he's threatening it because they can barely get one off the ground to begin with. 
Right. You know, I mean, and, and so let's just say he does get one on the ground. You know, they all throw like their big like fucking hallelujah party because they finally got one off the ground. It's heading towards New York. You know, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Kim Jong-un just blows a huge fucking load in his pants and he just sits there and just absorbs the fact that he is the overlord. And then we shoot it out of the sky. And now Trump is pretty much like, if you fire one of those nukes, I'm going to, I mean, he, he went so DEFCON 5. Like, I mean, he didn't even be like, you know, because like Obama was like, you know, we'll, we'll retaliate. We will retaliate if you uh, fire uh, one of those new. I said, don't do it. Now, if you fire another one, uh, <laughs> we will retaliate. No, I mean, the, the third time, it's, I'm serious now. And, yeah. and so, but then Trump says, if you fire, I mean, he didn't just go, we're going to retaliate. He practically said, if you fire another fucking nuke, we're going to blow up the whole world. <laughs> just because of you just because of you in particular i mean yeah you're not going to do any damage because we're going to knock that shit out of the sky but we will fire everything we fucking have and we are going to we're going to kill north korea south korea most of china japan for sure <laughs> I mean, like, you know i mean mongolia glass it's going to be a nuclear wasteland like a, we're going to destroy i mean the papua new guinea forget it it's gone you know i mean like we don't even care anymore hawaii what hawaii <laughs> and, and and i'm like wow i mean like kim jong he's probably like is he serious? Oh, I think he's serious. I he feel like he too. might be really serious. I mean, because Trump is literally the kind of guy who would call Kim Jong Un on Skype. Still have the red, <laughs> he still had the red phone in his hand, you know, because he can't tell the difference. And you know, God love him, he just has he has problems with his hand literally of the button. Like, look, like, eh, 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 eh. no, you fucking do it, do it. That's what I swear to God, I'm gonna wipe you. Say something, say something again. I mean, and like, I feel like he's like just sits there and just shadow boxes with a little red button, and so he he fucking out crazied a dictator. And I like I said, I don't want to give it to him because I think he's a fucking idiot. But I mean, like, I think I think he broke I think he broke North Korea. I think he did too, man. I I I don't disagree with you on this one. I he he's been crazy for fucking decades. I know. And then like. Well, yeah, Trump. But I'm talking like fucking Kim Jong. He's not even crazy. He's just, he's just. I mean, like his whole family. This is what they. This is what they've grown up with. I mean, you know, it's crazy how like you know they they've got this um, the like the old imperial godliness credo where they're you know they're infallible and therefore that's why they're leader. And and and, you know just the. The bullshit rhetoric that comes out of there is just is, is unbelievably funny to me. I mean, it's awful, truly, because they murder people left and right. But I mean, like at the same time, like the shit that they say that we know is inherently untrue is is comical in how incredibly blatantly awful it is. And then you you think about your own situation because their concept of America is incredible. You know, it's like this dystopian wasteland where freedom is just dead. And we just just murder babies by the dozens, and I, I'm like, I mean, like all, we we as Americans sit and wait at night, and we just dream of ways to murder Koreans. That's apparently what we do. That that's my. I mean, apparently that's our hobby. You know, that's my hobby for sure. I mean, like you just, I just want to, I just want to burn. I just want to burn a Korean. I mean, I it's it's weird to me that like there could be an entire group of people that can try to perpetuate this, this singular idea of what would you even call it? 
anti-culturalism, anti-nationalism on, on a specific nation. You know? Racists. <laughs> Is it racism though? Because we're not, we're not saying like, we're not saying like we don't we hate Asians. We're saying specifically North Koreans. Because obviously we're tight with South Korea because we have a fucking army there and it's not like an occupational force. We're it's like just besties, there. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, North Korea with North Korea, it's like they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a, I mean, just like the the shit that comes out of the country is fucking amazing to me. Like I listen to it now, like I said, I, I can't, I hate saying that it's amazing because I know that it's terrible and I know that it's awful and it's and it's and it's just vile what they think and what they tell their people. But it's so outrageous that I can't like. It's difficult for me to not laugh. Have you read some of this shit? I've seen documentaries. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Like the, the shit that they think we, but we think we do that we do on a normal basis that we do that we presently do abduct North Koreans. The Americans abduct North Korean babies and, and inject them with with you know different chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they basically vilify the rest of the world, especially America, because we're the driving force right now. I mean, like, oh my God. Like, uh, like the, 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 what was that John Oliver special where they're doing the, the tour uh, in the, the anti American museum? Holy shit. I mean, like, we're like, they talk about how, um, you know, battlefield surgeons in the Korean War were dissecting women while they were still alive. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's intense. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, the amount of brainwashing. I mean, it's 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 awful because it's not not even just the fact that you know a dictator is brainwashing his citizens. That dictator himself has been brainwashed <laughs> by his oh, own God. family. He buys into his own shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he thinks he's like. I think that's what's amazing about. I'm going to use these two words together in a single sentence and I'm going to hate myself for the rest of the night. That's what's amazing about Trump because he, God damn it, because I hate you so much. Why'd you, why'd you make me do this? So because he, he managed to break that level of conditioning where like he's got this, I'm indestructible, godly complex. And then he, was like, you could do that, or I could kill you all. Uh, oh, maybe I'm not as, um, I mean, because like, I mean, I'm sure Trump in like a phone call to him or whatever, probably put it into like some straight up like number crunching. Like, like, oh, you have 13 nukes. That's great. I've got like 5,000. <laughs> all of them on your fucking front door. <laughs> See, I, I, okay, so. Let me let me take this back. I want, a I want, can we, can, we should we should address this first. You should read these comments because uh, I read them. <laughs> wait, these these are these are good to discuss. Uh, I'll I'll get it in just a second. Okay, so I think have you ever seen Cable Guy? The movie. Yes. Okay. You know that part during the medieval times thing. Yeah. He puts Matthew Broderick on a horse, the king, the king. He's like, dude, get on the fucking horse, buddy. I don't think he's messing around. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what happened. It was like, okay, so here comes Trump, crazy motherfucker, finger on the button at any given time, 
or at least he boasts that he does that. And you've got China, like, hey, we don't like this. Uh, we're we're buddies with North Korea. I mean, they're on their own, <laughs> but we're buddies. And then like, this happened shortly after China went to go visit them to have a chat with them. And I think that's what they told Kim Jong was, dude, he's not fucking around. Everybody's gonna die. <laughs> It's like, look, we know that you like your power base, but <laughs> you may not have a country or a continent or anything left. You're you for sure. And that's the thing is he's willing. <laughs> he's not only willing to just wipe us out. He's willing to sacrifice all of his own people too. <laughs> like yeah. he's fucking nuts. I mean, it 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 is it is striking how the Mexican standoff of nuclear powers like this is like like this is like a way free here well not not free here i guess but like this is like a way more bizarre version of the um cuban missile crisis yeah because like you know of course in cuba they actually had nukes that could actually fire and, and we had we had nothing for it so we had to talk about it but i mean like then you have then you but now you have like north korea that can barely go in off the ground and the united states being like the you know the the penultimate superpower that you know of of the the universe at this point and it's like don't you think that was kind of strong <laughs> like you know i mean i look i know you I mean i'm sure this is probably like a phrase that trump would probably love to death where a lion uses every ounce of its strength to take down even the smallest prey but i mean like nukes though like a lot of them like for North Korea, specifically North Korea, I mean, like, here's, here's the thing about nukes. You know that there's, like, you do, like, a lot more than just one. They're not surgical. You know that, right? I mean, like, that's why they're nukes. <laughs> you hit everything. And you, you don't just hit them for that moment. You hit them for the next 30 to 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's bad. It's bad GG, dude. So, uh, srenae85 over here says that... Media here totally disrepresents other countries as well. Of course, I mean it's a it's a tactic. I mean the media the media isn't always truthful. Let's be real here. Um, they they no, no basically way. push an agenda. I mean they're not supposed to. I mean journalism you're supposed to report was factual, but then you get people that um, own thirteen out of the fifteen news networks, you know, and they're like, I want to our president or I want to you know <laughs> oppose our president you know I want to do the exact opposite of that let's run this story on every single one of my channels all the time I'm making a difference in the world it works unfortunately unfortunately because you know because you have a you have a widespread ability to misinform or or misrepresent information because I mean I'm not even really willing to say that it's necessarily like that they're lying, but they are not giving oh, the full scope of the yeah. truth. And, you know, withholding information is just, is, is almost as, is almost as if not more catastrophic than actually lying. Yeah. And, if, and, and we're at this weird, we're at this weird point in the post fifties where we're not, we're so, we're so up our own ass as far as a nation, because we, we are at that. We are in the post cold war nationalism. 
and you know it started in the started in the 50s and it perpetuated through the cold war america is the best because i mean world war ii we proved about how great we really were as a nation and we kind of hit that golden age and then like we we decided to keep kind of marching to that drum when there was nothing really to talk about or nothing really to do and then we hit the 50s and it was great and then things kind of got better and better and then they kind of eh, got weird but now we're at like this resurgence of of nationalism and there's there's nothing wrong with a little there's there's a there's a difference between nationalism and patriotism and right now a lot of the news networks like you know your i guess your right wing news networks are are more nationalism and they like to tell you that other countries are either weak corrupt or incapable uh, or incapable or incompatible with the united states superior political ideology which is the same bullshit that north korea pushes on its own people oh absolutely we're, we're not really the only difference is, is that we don't like you know we don't gun people down on the street for true. not believing it very true i mean you look at you look at the stories they put out yeah and you're absolutely right they might not necessarily be wrong they're just incomplete or I mean, it's really easy to paint a picture of the agenda you want to push by leaving out key details. <laughs> like it's like reading like the first few lines of you know The Great Gatsby, <laughs> you know, and then that's the rest of the. St I mean, what happened to the rest of the story? No, was that that was the one? No, no, it was it was a tale of two cities. I can't remember. It's been so long. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Uh, best time, worst of times. I think it's tale of two cities. Okay, so yeah, it was like because that, that's a that's a Dickens line for sure. Gatsby okay. was uh, Fitzgerald. So he says, just cut off the rest. Of it. it was the best of times. All right, story's over. Yeah. I mean, there's more to the story. You... Uh, there, there's so much. There's so much more that happened, and that. Uh, I'm gonna tell Yep, man. That and and it's amazing. It's amazing how. Sorry, you go ahead and read it, and then we'll talk about it. S. Rene 85 says, also appear, appealing to mob mentality is a huge tactic of media. We're a country of small rights and short attention. I, I think a lot of that has to do also with, with our rather short-sighted and narrow-minded decision to defund education uh, in, in the short, or really in the long term at this point. But I mean, and, and so that you end up having to fill in the gap where education leaves off with not only the media, but with, with, with the news media, but then with also social media and then the things that people can consume in between to fill in the gaps of what they think that they should know. And then what they actually do know, what we've, what we've done is we've taken away our citizens ability for critical thinking and critical analysis and replaced it with easily consumable uh, media tidbits that kind of bridge the gap between thoughts that these people never actually had. So then, you know, they, so then like, you know, like if I walk into a room and I walk into a room and I think this room is empty and then someone whispers, it's not. And then all of a sudden I'm like, this room is full of people. <laughs> and like, nope. You jump to some serious conclusions that someone else led you to that you never actually would have thought in the first place if you'd actually had the ability to think for yourself. And, and by, by denying the education that we should be giving to people universally for at least up until sixth grade, we have denied everyone's ability to be able to critically analyze and think about what they're consuming as media. Tia VS Gaming, what's up? What's yeah. up? Hi, how's it going? 
Thanks for dropping. Do you, do you like my? Do you like my humble manservant? Dude, dude. Where's he at? There he is. He's over there. I'm gonna poke him. Poke him's face. I'm gonna poke his face. I mean, that's that's the that's the number number one problem in this world right now is the lack of education. Um, the the need to cut education on the chopping block every fucking budget meeting. Oh well, we got to spend more on missiles, but fuck, what do we got to get rid of? I mean, teachers, obviously. Teachers, I mean, you know. So, and I get really conspiracy theorist with this because it kind of makes sense, and you can agree or disagree. But I feel like it's been it's been a uh, very strong push by all governments. Oh, look at the baby. Um. To keep people dumb, you keep people dumb, they're easy to control. Then you can feed them the easy to swallow fucking shit in the media, so they don't question it. I mean, they don't think for themselves. They don't have the capacity to critical think. So therefore, they they just follow. They follow the the bullshit. And the people that have a ton of money, the people that have gotten their further education, their higher education. People that spent good money on, you know, the thing that matters the most in life is knowledge. They are in control. And they want to stay in control. So, let's keep cutting education. What do you think? You think that's a little too no, conspiracy I, theorist? No, that's not even that a conspiracy theory. Because, I mean, you know, what you... Whenever you're trying to make a platform for, you know, let's, let you, let's, let's go full tilt. Let's go completely high up with it. Um social deification so let's just say like you want to effectively become like you know the the upper one percent of the one percent god you know you want to establish your family as like a legitimate pharisees so what you do is you don't want people capable of critical thought and being able to challenge your authority in any way shape or form so you cut education at its very core to prevent people from being able to reach that the ability to have critical thought critical discourse and be like you know what these laws are kind of fucked up and so you end up creating a mass of mindless workers and the easiest way to control your mass of mindless workers is through, you know, like I said, the tidbits of media that you feed them because now you're replacing education with, with uh, shock value word of mouth, you know? Cause I mean, like, rather than being like, you know, like I know Neil is a mild mannered, like a non-temperamental person, but if Neil's not in a room with me and someone comes up and says to me, you know, Neil just shot six people. You know, oh my God, we got to go take him out. I mean, you know, if I don't know any better, if I'm incapable of actually like making the determination, I think you're fucking with me. You know that. Well, oh my God, obviously we need to we need to go hang Neil. And, and so like they they make it so like you're really easy to manipulate because they can give you whatever they want, and you'll be like, it's totally true. Holy shit, the TV told me. <laughs> and, right. And it's freaky how much people will believe just by being told you know, in a classical, classical media sense, because it's like, well, you know, you have, you have a guy in a suit and a tie with papers in his front of his hands and being like, and they've begun to empty out the ghettos and shoot black children. And now the, like, you know, people like Harlem just explodes and they just start murdering anybody not black. And like, well, that, that's an easily controlled situation because if you, if you don't, if you don't try to think, you will never get to a position where you're capable of it. 
Right. And that's where education really comes in because it's not just because, you know, anybody can fucking memorize anything. You can regurgitate facts at the drop of a hat or the snap of a finger. Fucking dogs can do shit like that. Monkeys can do that. But I mean, what really is important in school is not just learning what, it's learning why. And then you learn why, and then you learn to ask how. And then so you become capable of learning and experiencing and then digesting on a personal level, which makes it you capable of growing as not only an individual, but then letting us grow as a society because you're able to actually pick out things and be like, I am pretty sure that's wrong. And right. then you can have conversations with other people who are not like-minded like you. And then you can find middle ground compromise. And then you can make that idea a better idea or a different idea. Now, just... so one of the terrible things that we have now is we have, we've gone now into the, uh, uh, you can't talk about this stuff with anybody because if you talk about this stuff to anybody, then you're offending them and uh you can't you know they don't want to hear it so they just scream and screech and do their sjw flip-flop and then they die on this pavement and you've murdered them with words and it's bizarre i've seen mm. it happen i've seen killed it. thousands i've seen it I was dead at my feet <laughs> this is the best dream i've ever had <laughs> i've seen that happen on both sides too i mean both sides of the spectrum which is i mean let's say both extremes because that's what it is is you get people that are so indoctrinated in what they've been fed mm. that you saying any different is blasphemy. Straight I up mean, blasphemy. it is straight up. I mean, heresy. Boom. I mean, like just gavel down and there. And then, and then the refusal to discuss anything further. So like Serena says here, she says, yay for people with similar thought processes. Oh, thanks. It's hard to have a conversation with people around here. Well, you know, it's hard to have a conversation here too, because we're super opinionated. <laughs> Due to the, since we don't agree, we cannot discuss this. Neil and I actually agree on very little. Politically, we agree on very little. <laughs> but I mean, we agree education is like paramount to everything. Because, see, Neil tends to be like a little bit softer than me. I would make an excellent dictator, not so much a president. <laughs> Yeah, that's is, there why... a, is there still a position for emperor for life? Because I'm pretty sure that's mine. No, you'll you'll be my uh, chief of staff. How about that? Uh, <laughs> is the chief of staff able to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, your real owners. This this is the this is what I think about every time we have a discussion like this. Your okay. real owners want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. That's against their interests, and that is that is 100 true. I think about this shit all the time and he follows this this little monologue up with that he says they call it the american dream because you have to be asleep to believe it george carlin yeah i mean and it's and it, it it is no less true in 2005 than it is true right the fuck now and if anything is actually more because it was like when it before like things started getting really nutty now it's even more true than it was then and it's it's distressing how accurate that depiction is you know, going 13 years ago that it was so, uh, social prophecy and it, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Um, it's, it's not, it's a pattern. I mean, it's not even really a pattern. It's just, it's always been that way from hundreds of years ago. It's always been that way. People in power want to stay in power. So they do whatever it is necessary to keep themselves in power. Sure. And the easiest way to do it isn't through fear, isn't through brute force, because people will rise up against you. The easiest way to do it is to convince them that it's for their own good. 
Manipulation of information. Metal Gear. Hallelujah, <laughs> low. <laughs> you convince them that you're in power because uh, of all the accomplishments you've made in life, and you're going to help them out and help them become a better person. Mm, eh. No. <laughs> I mean, like, now, now it seems like the agenda is, like, a rather healthy dose of xenophobia. Oh, yeah. You know... Do you know how terrifying the the other countries in this world are? They want to destroy all the Americans. If you leave this country, you could die. <laughs> Confirmed. I mean, like thousands of people die every day, and we know that for sure. No, all the countries are bad. All of them. France country. especially. Oh man, that's good. You're yeah. good. Yeah, you're real good. You do. Yeah, you uh, you look like a little. You know, never mind. I'll say a little ten, little ten year old boy. Look at this past your bedtime. No, I'm I'm looking for something else here. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who let the dogs out? Oh, 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 oh. Look, look, I got my kids already out of the way, so you know you get the dogs now. That uh, this is what this is what we do. We 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 have a switch off. See, my kids went to bed now. His dogs woke up, so now they get to go nuts. And I get to listen to it. You guys don't, so you're welcome. You're welcome, y'all. That you don't have to listen to the um, the little toy animals. Just go. I mean, you have to listen to me, so I guess that's shitty too. But I mean, like you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I could talk about anything. I could talk about in the strategy of divide and conquer. We are merely pawns that keep us busy fighting each other instead of fighting them. Yes. And the best way that you could fight the power is to really change within and become the power and then vote uncorruptly. And that's one of the things that is difficult to try to differentiate in, in politics between the people who are actually have a genuine interest in making a system better and people who are clearly not, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you, Mitch McConnell. So then, <laughs> but then you have other people like, you know, even the same in the same vein, you know, you have like, you know, I mean, like, like, I'm, I'm going to say it, even though like, he's kind of a douchebag anyway. Uh, John McCain did good things. Now that he has brain cancer, he's doing good things. I mean, he's kind of an asshole before, but whatever I voted for him. So sorry. Sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> whatever. Red state. So uh, <laughs> it's funny. Usually whenever I say red state, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, Russia, but you know, now we started talking about Republicans, whatever. You know, I mean, yeah, a little column A, a little column B, totally opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't find anything else. I mean, I just saw, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So along that, along that, that, that line of thought, uh, I don't know how to say your name. I'm so sorry. Saran 85. God help me. So S Renee. S, S Renee. Okay. So let's just say like, if you feel like you were a pawn in, in the game of life, it, it, as far as the, the politics process goes here, here's what you can always keep in mind. If a pawn man just to make it all the way across the board, it can become the queen. So bear that in mind in your future dealings in politics, should you wish to have them. And if you ever feel that you're not empowered, Steph, there you go. If it, if you ever are at a point where you don't feel empowered, always remember that it's always up to the individual to make the decision to do what's right and to be right and then to be righteous. 
So you can go through the political process and you could be the change that you want to be, you know, what are you doing? You're flickering the screen on and off. It's making me nauseous. I'm sorry. Stop touching things. Why are you doing that? I'm looking up things. I know you guys can't see it, but he's alt tabbing on because I have to watch it on the little Skype window on his computer and he's alt tabbing. And it's just like this shit just keeps disappearing. It's freaking me out. I keep thinking we're getting disconnected. <laughs> okay, here, I fixed it. Okay, good. Okay, so. Oh. Okay. No, never mind. Carry on. So you can be, you can, you can make it, if you make it across the board in life, you can be the queen, but you can never be the king because that's my fucking job. <laughs> is there, is there a piece that makes you God Emperor? Because I'm pretty sure that's mine. Ooh. All right. So I got a good one. We're going to move oh, on from this political discussion. Belgium declares loot boxing, loot boxes gambling and therefore illegal. Good. I always knew Belgians were commies anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're just so they're just so goddamn evil. <laughs> I mean it is gambling. Right, I know, but I mean, you know, I don't I don't like loot boxes. I think that they should I mean I'm like torn on it because I I always feel like as a consumer you should be a yes. yeah, loot boxes like a gaming, like an Overwatch, Overman. I always feel like you should be able to make your own decisions on whether or not you want to consume a particular thing. You know, like I don't like I play Overwatch and I never buy loot boxes. Um, right. And I, I play Hots and I, I technically don't buy loot boxes; I just buy skins, and because I find that to be a better system anyway. But they're there if you if you want them, and I think Blizzard does it good. I think that shit like um. Battlefield, Battlefront, sorry, did it terribly. But it is effectively gambling because, I mean, the only difference is that with gambling, you actually have a chance of, like, major payout, which you will literally never have with a loot box. I mean, you're never going to get a loot box and be like, oh, my God, I just got a, got a, I just got a car. You know, you're you're going to be like, oh, I just got a, I just got a, a, a TK1080 skin. I look like another Stormtrooper. Oh. Well, that wasn't nearly as cool as I hoped. <laughs> but my favorite skins, I mean, look, I think I think Blizzard kills it for skins. I think that Battlefront was just fucking garbage because their their skins and their loot boxes and their cards, they're, they're fucking terrible. Aside from the fact that they, they impact gameplay, that they are effectively and visually worthless. At least Hots and Overwatch look different. You can, you can get the Widowmaker skin where she's in a bikini, dog. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Okay, uh, let me let me ask I you about this. Paid for that. How about like in card games, like Hearthstone, or even Magic: The Gathering? I think I don't think that's really gambling, though. But okay, so let's just say, even I mean, Magic: The Gathering has been doing it forever. So is Pokemon and Hearthstone in, in particular as well. You buy a pack of cards. Mm -hmm. You're looking for some good cards. Sometimes you're looking for a specific card. And you buy a random pack of cards and cross your fingers. It's basically the same as pulling the freaking thing on the slot machine, is it not? I don't think so. 
and, and the reason why first read read that though i guess i would see the thought process because people spend hundreds to get a mount in a loot box right because they're looking for a specific thing and right. that's what things that's shitty about loot boxes in particular and 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 it also kind of does go with the the tcg stuff where you're like let's say like you know you're looking for a very specific thing so you spend 200 bucks trying to buy said specific thing when in all reality the said specific thing is really only worth like well, I mean, not like including pay, you know, glue and artwork. It's only really worth like two or three dollars. Right. Like if someone was to have it like on a on a shelf, like in a card shop, you could just go and pick it up. It'd be worth like two bucks. Yeah. But you spent like two hundred bucks trying to buy the damn thing. It's effectively yeah. the same thing, I guess. It's um, it's like they made their own economy. It's because they right. they made their own rarity. You know, I mean, this is super right. rare. We only give it out to a few people, so it's worth more and more money. But right. they artificially made it on their own. Right. And then, then they, that's like that's like the Amiibos. You know, like the, the Nintendo only makes a certain amount of Amiibos so they can drive the price up. Right. And so you create um, uh, an artificial uh, deficit with your product that will that will raise the price in in the, the general market. That's heinous, but it's not like it's technically not illegal because you're producing your own product. Right. And so, you know, supply and demand, whatever. Okay, fine. The only reason why I would say that like the loot boxes are more like gambling than the TCG shit is because TCG, you, that is the actual game. Right. True. Okay. So, I mean, like in, you, you have the game and then you buy the cards in order to play the game. You have to buy the cards no matter what. And the thing about the game is that if you had, if there was like, it's like in Hearthstone where like you have metas, magic doesn't really seem to have metas because there's so many cards. Yeah. there's, and, and so like you can really choose to play anything. Now let's just say if there were metas in magic, if you had a set, if you had like a pack, this is this meta. And like you sold a box of these metas at a store and everyone has the same fucking cards. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then like in, in the case of like Hearthstone, there are still enough cards where like it's not really a meta. You, you have metas and people have developed metas and they've developed a thought process about a way a particular card stream can work, but you don't really have to do it. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. Versus like a loot box where the, you have the game and then you have other shit that you want with the game, with the game. The game is already by itself. Yeah. So you play Overwatch by itself, but then you want you want the Widowmaker skin that just makes you like totally stiff as a brick. And so you want to drop 50 bucks to try to buy it. I bought the statue. God help me. I wanted to buy two of them. Uh, so then you spend money to get said Widowmaker skin, but there is no guarantee that you're going to get it all. But it adds absolutely nothing to the game except for your personal enjoyment. To me, that's more like gambling. And in the case of Battlefront, it effectively alters the, and not even effectively, it completely alters the way the game is played. Because you, as, as an individual, have spent money to empower yourself through randomized assets, and you've spent X amount of dollars, you get all of these abilities and all these new things, and you become effectively in fucking destructible. So then now you have gambled to the point where you spent all this money, and it's changed the, the way the game actually functions towards a, almost a completely different product. Right. So, I mean, like, it's, I understand the idea of it being a, 
being gambling because like in, in a classical sense, it is, it is gambling. You put money down and you, and you have a random chance to get something that you want. But like, you know, in, in the case of, in the case of something like say Overwatch or, or heroes, or even, even to a way lesser degree magic, you're always going to get something though. So like, you're either going to get a skin, a spray, voice line or you're gonna if you have any all of those things you're gonna get gold so you can buy something that you actually do want so like you're being rewarded in some way so you're never not getting something out of it whereas like in gambling you know like man i really want to win that car well fuck i just lost all my money and then you walk you know you walk out a pauper versus like actually getting stuff you actually do get something out of the loot boxes true that's very true something one of the major problems with digital loot boxes is that they often employ psychological methods to take advantage of people with addictive personalities. Things like shiny lights and graphics, near miss, and jackpot sounds. Absolutely right. I mean, if you've ever sat in a casino before, like in the in the pit area where there's a whole bunch of slot machines, you hear like three or four of them going off and making all these fucking noises. And then you're like, okay, it's my chance. I'm going to bet big. Because I think I'm gonna hit now. Yes, the Jews. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for following. Thanks for making me say that shit. Um, <laughs> hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, they do the same shit, Ryan. Uh, opening a pack on Hearthstone wouldn't be nearly as addictive if you didn't hear that obnoxious dwarf shout. Legendary! But yeah, they also do it to, like, when you, whenever you open a pack, it sparkles orange, which is the legendary color. So you think, oh man, I'm a, I, I think I got it this time. Ah, oh, damn, I didn't get it. Well, maybe this next time. Maybe the orange was a, was a signifier showing that maybe next one is going to be the next time. And you just keep fucking going in on it like crazy, just like they do in the casinos. So, you are right. I hate that shit. But, I mean, it's just like, it is that any different than, like, you know, like a bakery? You know? Blowing, <laughs> blowing friggin' uh, apple pie scents out to the public? Mm. So, you go in, so you go into the bakery, and you're like, I want to I buy one of those pies. And you're like it's, a, like, it's a fresh pie. Like, is it an apple pie? Sure. So, I want to buy one of those pies. Well, we got a bunch of pies here. You can take whichever one you want. So, oh, it's an apple pie. So, you take your apple pie, and you're like, oh, this is the best apple pie ever. I mean, like, it smells delicious from outside. You go out, you go out and you're like, I paid good money for this out pie. You take a big old bite, and it's fucking nightshade. You fall over and die. <laughs> <laughs> like, this wasn't what I wanted at all. I mean, it, I, I am reaching, but, like, I, I'm still <laughs> given, like, okay, so it's it's appealing, it's exploiting the senses. I mean, you, you've got addictive personalities. I don't know, whatever. You know what would make me spend <laughs> an unbelievable amount of money in Overwatch? What's that? If when I if I if I got a loot box every time Widowmaker whispered into my ear, you know, it's just buy just more. just say like, <laughs> oh, you know, you want to buy more, you dirty boy. I mean, like, I just credit card, just throw all my credit cards at the screen, but like, fucking, I just ring me up all of them. How, How much do I have in savings? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Max, this this card has fifteen thousand dollar limit. Max it out, please. Just I want to open up each one of them individually buy more oh you know i'm going to buy more <laughs> oh okay. you dirty bitch <laughs> so i found a good one and this i was actually going to mention this earlier but we uh distracted 
Um, this goes along the lines of uh, the education thing we were talking about. Sure. Um, so there's an article because uh, there's apparently striking in Arizona and Colorado now. And uh, which, I mean, how do you feel about that, Frank? How do you feel about that? Well, every time I go to Arizona or Colorado, I tend to be striking. So I guess I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, do that, Frank. They take you to jail for striking. <laughs> Look, you can't stop me. Well, speaking <laughs> of taking you to jail for striking, um, this article on ABC News, <laughs> Colorado legislators threaten jail time for any educator caught directly or indirectly inducing, instigating, encouraging, authorizing, ratifying, or participating in a strike against any public school employer. I'm pretty sure that's actually constitutionally not okay. Yeah, that's illegal. <laughs> I mean, like, so, I mean, like, so, no. I mean, like, that, that would be the point. That would be the part where, you know, the critical thinking kind of comes up. But, like, you know, you know we're teachers, right? It's like, you, you know that we know that's not right. We study this right? shit. <laughs> you get that, right? <laughs> so, he says, you've never been into a casino. Well, I love to go. This is this is side tangent. I apologize, but I don't apologize because I'm a terrible human being. So I like to go to the penny slots and just sit around and spend five. I put like a dollar and I get all the pennies. And I just I just put a dollar in the machine and I just do one line at a time and I watch all the other people because usually they're old people and I just feel like if I sit there long enough, I'll actually catch a glance of the Grim Reaper. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's just waiting. Oh no! So let's. That's very unfortunate stuff. Uh. Actually, no, that's fortunate a lot, actually. I, I would like them to, to personally, I mean, I, I would like something to come of this shit. I mean, you get a lot of opposition with this, and I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it. I obviously understand it. It makes perfect sense why legislators would be like, no, we, we don't want you to strike. We want <laughs> we want everything to be fine. Um, and so, like, okay, the, the sh okay, the shit that happened in Oklahoma. Did you hear about this, Frank? If you already have, I'm going to tell you anyways. So, All right, cool. <laughs> so, governor of Oklahoma is pissed off at, you know, striking teachers because, you know, he doesn't want to give them more money. How could you get mad at striking teachers? Striking people is just so much fun, especially teachers. Yeah, I mean, it, in particular. it's a huge sign that you're not doing your fucking job right as a, you know, a governor. But anyways, um, so she literally came out <laughs> there was two stages of this. The first stage was they came to an agreement. It was shitty. And the teachers were pissed, but they said, you know what? We're thinking of the children, and we got something out of it. Let's go back to work. And she says to them, them being the teachers, you should all thank me for this. You know, do you ever wonder, like, maybe if, like, she ever hurts her back to, like, reach way down off her high horse and back slap a teacher? Just... <laughs> See, you know, I'll be like, does it hurt your neck whenever, like, you, you just... Like... See, the cause and effect with that thing is hilarious because that pissed off the teachers, obviously, and then they went back on strike again. So they're striking still, and now the, the governor is still pissed off, and she says, you know, I equate these uh, striking teachers as... And she said this. Maybe not word for word, but she said this. Equate them to greedy teenagers that just want a better car. They want they want a Ferrari. They don't want the 
what what they they've been given to go back and forth to school. And it's like, do you hear yourself talking, woman? You know, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that's really galling because it's like, do you do you really like do you like the the murder rate in Oklahoma? Are you are you proud of your for your larceny convictions? Do you do you enjoy how much money you spend in welfare and in maintaining your prisons? Then you know what? Cut the fuck out of education. Cut it down to the bone. You know what? Just get rid of it completely. Just tell them what they're supposed to know. Don't, but don't. I mean, like, but like, make it like pictures. I mean, you already got like McDonald's with like the pictures with on, on the the thing, so they don't even need to know what the yeah. fuck a hamburger. It, it, look, the word is just push the picture. Just do it everywhere. Reading and is now, hard, dude. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just, I mean, you know, and and really, you know, you don't really actually need uh, labor and delivery wards. You just need to put like a labor and delivery ward in the factory. And the, where the, these kids are going to be born, and then they're going to be raised in. Just let let them do the job there, and then just don't let them go anywhere. You know, what I mean, just make it so that they're actually part of an actual machine, not like okay, not like don't make them a robot. But I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like thinking machines are heresy. But like, uh, you know, you might as well just make them actually part of like like a functioning, you know, uh, social machine if you don't want them to be educated. And it, and it it kills me that you can't that not that the supposed leaders of these of these states cannot see the correlation between you know we've got like a lot of crime in these areas where the education's really bad and we spend a shitload of money in welfare uh, i don't understand why like but the, these people are really fucking stupid <laughs> uh, i wonder if that's related no yeah, that's fine we'll just we'll build another mcdonald's and a starbucks and they can talk it out yeah pretty much Listen, no, I mean, if you if you get if you like if you give these people the opportunity to to read a newspaper and not sleep under one, you'd probably find that they're a lot more conducive to being fucking productive members of society. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think the worst part about all this is that you know the uh, local governments, the state governments, are are shaming the teachers for this shit. It's like they're not. It's not like they don't have an, a reason to strike for one or two. It's like they're 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 trying to like kill trip them. Like okay, so in Arizona they they started the striking, and you know the governors here are saying, "Well, think of the children. It's really the children that are hurting here while you're striking." No, uh, fuck you. No. Here's the thing: the children are being taken care of one way or the other. Now, do the children need education? Obviously, because Americans are fucking stupid. But the the thing is, though, you cannot be a teacher and have a, a livable wage because then here, here the other problem too is that you also end up with teachers who are essentially morally bankrupt because they've been given no hope right. they've been put all these years into education in the idea that they will get something out of it whether that's like you know uh material or or metaphysical fine whatever so they're going to try to get something out of it one way or the other so then you also end up with professors in some cases like it, you know, um, some, uh, I think it was UC Berkeley where like they had a, a professor who was essentially indoctrinating people into Antifa. So, I mean, she's not making any money. She's practically, she's practically destitute, but you know, who's paying her fucking Antifa. Yeah. So, I mean, so she's, so she's up there, you know, spinning a tail and she's got these kids that are 17, the 16, 17, and they're making them practically little Antifa soldiers. You made children susceptible to rape and violence during these strikes. Oh, wow. That's crazy. You know, that is also, uh, that is a far-reaching fallacy. Because here, you know, this reminds me of that old, um, that old Marines, uh, 
that old, old Marine slogan. Uh, diplomacy is diplomacy is your profession, while war is mine. Should you fail in yours, I will not fail in mine. And so, I mean, like with teachers, it's like you know, so you failed to keep the children safe. The cops are like, we didn't, because that's their job, right? You know, I mean, like the the idea that teachers specifically are being held responsible or laudable for the, the protection of children against physical violence is fucking insane because what happens if the teachers strike the kids don't go to school yeah they stay home. home so so then so then okay so then then if the children are being made susceptible to rape and violence then they're being susceptible to rape and violence at home and that's not really the teacher's fault a and b you should go <laughs> just let them do their job yeah i'm not saying but i'm saying i mean like you know i'm i'm just i'm throwing it out there like you know this is what we call lateral thinking <laughs> yeah i mean no that's that's just that's very far-reaching trying anything possible saying anything you can say to be like please stop striking you're making me look bad but i don't want to give you what you want <laughs> whenever you have teachers that are making 25 to thirty thousand a year and a job that is a incredibly stressful and, and and be just fucking super unrewarding and then they have to try to like pay for their own fucking materials and everything and then so then you have I've heard, I've heard stories about teachers that will work during the day they will get to work they get to work at like 6 30 or something like yeah, that yeah they gotta prepare for and, the day sure and then after school they go like bus tables yeah because they don't have any money that's crazy to me i mean like they went to fucking school for like six years to be a fucking educator and they got to bus tables afterwards because they actually cannot live on their own on a sustainable wage as a teacher. One of the most important jobs in this country. Teacher? I mean, like a teacher. I mean, like we could do real talk. We could do without astronauts, NASCAR drivers, politicians before we could do without teachers. Uh, there's literally a gigantic list of things we can do without. Yeah. And then mm. it's funny, too, because like the same fuckers who are like who are whining and crying about like, I want a goddamn $17 minimum wage are the same fucking idiots who are probably voting against teachers getting a fucking raise. And that that makes me crazy because it's like, yeah, I don't I don't have an education of any kind, but I deserve to make, you know, $60,000 a year. No, you don't deserve shit. You get what you work for. And these teachers have six fucking years of education experience that they have and they're not making anything and they are raising the next generation to be critical thinkers and you are denying the next generation from being able to be leaders because you are fucking stupid because you can't see beyond your own personal avarice and that <laughs> i just like anybody who votes against like giving teachers a raise i mean like i don't i don't want teachers to make like i mean i'm not saying that they need to make like 120,000 a year i'm not saying that shouldn't be like all I am what I am going to say though is that we spend 50 fucking times more on our defense contracts than any other nation on the planet. Yeah. I'm saying maybe we could deal with scaling some of that back just a smidge. If we took 1% down from our fucking national defense budget, we could probably pay all these teachers of not only a livable wage, but a comfortable wage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? You would see the effects this generation and then the next, and then further going on forward. I mean, that is. If we keep on because saying it. Because suddenly you have like a whole generation of people that want to that are, are interested in education and they actually want people, they actually want to go into education because like I mean I can't tell you many times like I've heard like you know uh 
people that are in like less than less than savory uh, positions being like, no, I love kids. I wish I could have been a teacher, but there's no money in it. And that's true. I mean, like, he's like, yeah, I mean, like, like, well, you know, I really wanted to be a teacher, but turned out I was ended up having to be a gigolo in order to be, you know, make ends meet. Yeah, it becomes oh, well, an unappealing I mean, like, job. That could have been a lot better. <laughs> it becomes an unappealing job, and people don't want to do it anymore. People don't go to school to, you know, be good at doing that, or even meet the uh, bare minimum requirements to do it. So, what do you get? You get a bunch of babysitters, basically. Right. And then, yeah, I, I just don't understand the logic behind putting it on the chopping block every single time. Like, okay, well, what do we got to cut this time? You don't. You don't. You just don't have to fucking line your damn pockets. Right. To my to my understanding, uh, Steph, the 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 in I mean, I can only speak for Arizona because that's the only one that I'm, I really know about. The only one that I can really like speak on to being Arizona, I believe that the average, um, I think it's uh elementary and middle school teacher wages around 30 35,000 and it and it makes me uh it makes me crazy that it's that low at that critical point in uh, a child's development that we really need to have educators that are interested because if you're not being paid and yet you're getting still shit on by your administration and you're getting shit on by the kids tell me that you care tell me that you care about this job you know, I mean, like, you probably sitting there being like, I make less money than a fucking frontliner at McDonald's. And I have student debt up to my fucking eyeballs. And here's the children. <laughs> but these children don't get educated, though. Well, I think we've beaten that dead horse which it's not a dead horse i really really hope something comes out of this i really hope something good comes out of this because it's like i said it is the most important thing in our country right now because we have too much ignorance we have too much give it to me in small doses you know bullshit going on we need something more education wise in order to make better decisions as a people <laughs> yeah Oh. And, and Steph says the parents are somewhat some of the worst as well. School side, the parents even when the student is horrible. It's because everyone's it's because everyone's afraid of this. Like I said, this PC climate where you know, like oh oh well you know the children are angels. No, they're not. They're little fucking assholes. I mean, children are douchebags because they don't know any better. That's their whole point about trying to like give them structure and give them boundaries. So I mean, it, you know, should the should the opportunity ever arise where it's like. You know, like if my if my kids are in school, like my son like punches a kid, but like whoop his ass. You know, he's got to learn. That's not acceptable. Not only is it not acceptable, paddle the shit out of him. He'll learn fast. <laughs> Done. And I don't feel like that's I don't feel like that's that's uh, unacceptable. And I think that you know you have to you as a parent have to be detached enough to be able to appropriately approach punishment for your child and being like you know there are certain things that like i know my son won't do there are certain things i am 100 percent sure he will do so i mean if i go when i go pick him up from daycare and the lady's like well you know tiberius punched his sister i'm like ass whooping it is i don't i give him a timeout but i mean he knows why whenever we get home and you know so i mean it's not 
and in that in that context, I'm not like you know I'm not siding with anyone because I know that I know that he is fully capable of doing it. Now, whenever I went there and I went to pick him up, and uh, the teacher says, "Well, you know, they said that he did this." No, he didn't. And then that's one thing that you can actually fight it for as as a parent. We're like, I know that my child would not do that, but it also is be- behooved on you to actually be honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean. Then it goes to a point where, like, of, of age, where, like, you know, you, your kid, like, you know, like, like, well, did you do it? Yeah. Well, they said you did. And you're old enough. You're fucked. So. <laughs> Time you, Doug. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we're good, man. I think we had a great hour and 48 minutes of a podcast. You know, Which... I always have a great hour. <laughs> Every hour that I'm in is great. To me, I'm on the right side of the grass. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Um... <laughs> Hold on one second. Got into fight in kindergarten. I had to pick him up. Be suspended for three days, and he got punished. Of course, I didn't argue and tell the teacher. No way he was capable of doing that, and it drives me insane when parents believe. Oh yeah, that's just believing your children are golden children and they can do no wrong. Which, come on, pull your head yeah. out of your ass. <laughs> come on. Back in my day, whenever I was a kid, I fought all the fucking time. I fought all the time up until high school, and I was always hurting people, and I was always in fucking trouble. And my mom whooped my ass for it all the time. And and you know, in in my parents, in my parent, to my parents' credit, uh, whenever I went, they, she went to go pick me up. I remember this when I was in elementary school. Like they they were still doing paddlings, and uh, uh, my. Uh, principal had given me a paddling and i and i was unfazed in fact i i was rather jocular about the whole thing and i made fun of the principal to which she hit me again and i laughed further and then my mom showed up and then my mom was like give it to me (laughs) and i'm like oh so that's how i stopped walking (laughs) (laughs) and then my my left butt cheek ceased to exist on my body and it's just kind of like scattered across the wall gross <laughs> that's what ha- that's what happened that's the story of my that's, life that's, that's how i lost that's how i got to my target weight <laughs> <laughs> well, anywho, thank you so much for dropping by everybody thank you steph for your wonderful commentary we uh appreciate you quite a bit we will I appreciate uh, you more than he does damn gotta get a better slider for my volume over here um we will be doing this again soon, next week, to be exact. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to hear the feedback. Um, if you like what you saw, like what you heard, please give us a visit. We are at dastardlygentleman.com. You can mail us at mail at dastardlygentleman.com. You can tweet us, Facebook us, all that good stuff, because we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Everywhere. And whichever one of you guys are doing that shit, making me say terrible things by subscribing with stupid names I'm gonna find you I'm oh gonna yeah find you. I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss you tenderly because you're subscribing right on the mouth <laughs> kiss you right on the mouth and you're gonna hate it yeah so keep it up <laughs> keep it up or I'll, I'll kiss you tenderly you wake up with longing <laughs> until next time we shall see you later bye, bye. Look at this photograph. Every time I do it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh, Neil. <laughs> You're stupid.